Hey mama, welcome to the Happy Vibes Mama podcast. I'm Courtney, I'm a mom with two littles, obsessed with sharing my journey and experience with other moms to connect, celebrate, and grow a village that we all so desperately need. Motherhood can be lonely and changing the way you parent can be hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Of course, this podcast is all about motherhood, so we'll talk about being intentional with our time, preparing every day for the best case or not so great scenarios, and learning to trust your gut in all of the daily chaos. But that's not all. Motherhood can bring up new emotions like anxiety and even uncover things from our childhood that we don't want to pass on to our kids. So here at Happy Vibes Mama, the goal is to bring you tangible tips and tricks to build up your confidence in motherhood and provide a safe space so that we can figure this all out together. I've got your back, Mama, always, and I'm so happy you're here. So let's dive in. Welcome to the Happy Vibes Mama podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Happy Vibes Mama podcast. Today I want to talk about some strategies and things that I have done over time that help in situations like I talked about in the last episode where we're having a meltdown and how do we approach it. So one of the first things that I recommend that you do if you are not currently doing so is anytime the emotions are high or your child is not listening or having some sort of a meltdown, get down to their level, whether that is bending over on a knee or whether that is sitting at a chair at their level or maybe it's picking them up so that they're at your level. Whatever accessibility you have to get to them or that you have to get them up to you, you want to make sure that you are like eye to eye level. Reason being, number one is that they are going to see that you are prioritizing them and that you are giving them a level of respect for lack of a better explanation where it's a safe playing field. It's not one versus the other. You're in it together. And so they're going to feel a lot more safe and secure and able to either listen in a way that They can actually receive the information or it's going to allow them to express to you what their needs are. And I don't just mean by talking um, because every behavior is trying to express a need. And so even if that need is being expressed through the meltdown in some way, being on their level allows that communication to happen more easily. Example, if you get down on their level and you are within a close proximity to their face, you're not going to yell at them. I'm not saying that your toddlers aren't going to yell back because they might, but the reality is is that when you are close face-to-face with someone, there's a lot less of a chance that you are going to show extreme emotion or anger towards them, especially in the parent-to-child situation. And so when you're able to stay more calm, they're going to be able to receive the information easier as well as start calming themselves down. And with that comes modeling. So it's going to be really important for you as the parent to not only model 
any calming behaviors or um, strategies that you use to stay calm in those situations, but also making sure that you are talking through that and verbalizing it. So one way I like to explain this, and sorry if this is not the best way to explain it because I know a lot of people don't like math, but when you're solving a math problem, you have to write out every single step that you need to do for the math. Or if it is like on one of the very loved standardized tests where you have to fill out the word problem and write your explanation about why you did what you did, that brain process of explaining it is what I want you to think of when you're modeling a behavior to your child. So especially when it comes to these strategies of staying calm when there is something going on that is making you upset or your toddler's upset or just your children in general upset, if you can talk through the strategies you're using, they are more likely to start to learn those strategies and implement it themselves you can start with your child is when you're doing a deep breathing exercise, rather than just silently doing your deep breaths, either talk through it or use a strategy that's going to entice them. So one that I've seen circling around on like TikTok and Instagram recently is the dragon breath. And so you breathe in like a dragon and then you blow out the birthday candle. And when you teach this to your child and you verbalize that, I'm going to breathe in like a dragon and I'm going to blow out my birthday candle and make a wish, then they're going to be able to do that with you. It makes it more fun. And I would say in two, three, maybe four breaths, you're going to need to get them to a calmer level where they're able to start either expressing with their words or in another way that you can find out what their need is, or they're going to calm down to a point that they can hear you and they can hear what you need from them in that situation. Another thing that is really important with modeling is saying you are sorry. (laughs) And if you are um, in the older millennial generation and above, you're probably in the generation that is not used to this and it really uncomfortable. Um, I notice around like, let's see, we're recording this in 2023. I would say in my friend groups around like age 35-ish and below, I find everybody apologizes for everything. (laughs) And anyone above that like 35-40-ish age range is in that realm that apologies weren't a common thing. And so it's really uncomfortable sometimes to say that we're sorry or say that we're wrong. But I want to encourage you to start having that type of a conversation with your child no, of course, it's never easy to admit when we're wrong, right? Um, But it's so important not only to admit when we're wrong or when we've done something that maybe we wish that we hadn't done or that we didn't mean. It's so important from the modeling aspect because we want our children to be able to apologize. We want our children to be able to say we're sorry. We want our children to use that verbal communication, which means we got to show them how to do it. And so... I find that I am apologizing to my children 
almost daily. And sometimes it's about silly little things. And sometimes it's because I did raise my voice or I did do something that I know I could have approached differently or that I regret saying. And I will model that for them. And I will model that for them with my husband. Um, and even when they are younger, and maybe they don't have that verbalization yet, like prior to Ellie really learning how to talk, one, I'm sorry, is a sign, a baby sign language sign that we taught, but also I would verbalize it for her. And so um, she went through a biting phase as most 15 month to two year olds do. So she went through a biting phase and anytime she would bite, I would you know, intervene, stop her from biting, obviously. But then I would, in my little Ellie voice, say, oh no, I'm so sorry, sissy. I didn't mean to bite you. I was frustrated. And now Ellie will model that because I did that for so long when she wasn't verbal that she can now verbalize when she's sorry almost immediately, actually. Um, She's probably one of the first to apologize in the house. But saying you're sorry and modeling these behaviors is the first step for it to become routine, not only for yourself to create these stronger, healthier relationships in your life, but also to start modeling it for our children to be able to do with ease. We don't want something like saying an apology to be a stopping point for something in a relationship that just needs a quick apology. So when I am modeling this or apologizing myself to them, often I'm going to explain why I'm sorry and I want to hold myself accountable. And as they start to learn how to apologize, I want them to hold themselves accountable. So I will also tell them like what I plan to do better next time or what I plan to try next time instead. I admit what I did or what I didn't do that I wish I had done. And we have a, it's a very quick, but a conversation to hold accountable for the action or the inaction of what happened. And also one thing that has stuck with me since, oh goodness, this had to have been ninth and 10th grade or no, 10th and 11th grade. I had a teacher Um, I don't know if she listens to my podcast. We're friends on Facebook, but I had a teacher. Her name was Miss Person, and she was my, she was a student teacher, and then she took over subbing for one of my teachers who went on on maternity leave, and then she was my English teacher the following year because she was hired full-time. That was not relevant to this at all, but if you know Miss Person, that's who this is. So anyway, she said something in class. She probably said it all the time, but I just remember distinctly at least one time she said to not apologize unless you're going to change the action next time. An apology to something that you're not going, you're just going to keep doing means nothing. And that has stuck with me for years. And I think that is why when I am having these conversations and I am apologizing and modeling for the girls, I make sure to incorporate that because I think it's so important not only to apologize when something has gone wrong or you've done something that you wish you hadn't done, but to think about, well, what am I going to do different next time? 
how am I going to hold myself accountable to actually mean this apology right now? So that is some of the things that I do in terms of modeling for them and talking, you know, getting down to their level and some strategies in that aspect. Some other things I touched on last week a little bit about giving them space. For me, if my children are not hurting themselves or others, I am going to give them the time and the space to have whatever their explosive emotions are in that moment, whether it is kicking, screaming, yelling that they hate me, stomping, slamming things. To me, that is the way that they are getting their anger or sadness or whatever emotion that they're feeling out of their body so that they can regulate their bodies. And so if they are not hurting someone or hurting themselves, I'm not going to intervene. The only time that I start to intervene is when I notice them using these behaviors is furthering their emotion. So if they are screaming or kicking, if it is continuing beyond like they're not calming down, then I will intervene and ask them why they're yelling or why they're kicking. Because a lot of times, especially with Victoria, she will like start yelling and kicking and it will go on and on and on if you don't intervene. But when I intervene and I say, why are you doing this? She says, I don't know. (laughs) And then she's immediately calm. And so sometimes I do intervene, but only after I've given them the time and the space to try to regulate on their own. And the last thing that I wanted to touch on in this episode of some strategies to help you and your children in the time of a high emotion is to drop the shame tactics. I know for me, I grew up and a lot of the trauma that I endured, a lot of the upbringing and how I internalized things and perceived things is very, very rooted in shame. And I struggle to this day with my internal dialogue revolving around guilt and shame and just a very, very, very deep wound. And I want to make sure that I am one, aware of it within myself, because again, what you do, what you model, your kids pick up on, So when I become aware of it for my own self, I can help to change the trajectory of my actions when my children are watching and therefore I'm modeling. I want to make sure I'm not passing those internal thoughts, but also external thoughts onto my kids. And so some of the things I want you to think about in terms of how you can just change some words or change an approach Uh, away from some shame tactics. So, for example, if you are saying something like, you know, you're bad or you're a bad kid, we don't want to say you're a bad kid. So, a quick change of expression could be something like, how can we make a better choice next time? So, we're not shaming the child as a bad thing or really even that they've done a bad thing, we are framing it in a positive way of how can we change this for the future? How, And a a lot of where this starts to stem from, and this will have to be another episode as well, is curiosity. Being curious about why you're doing something and how you could change it. So not thinking about why I'm bad, but thinking about why I made that choice 
that verbiage is going to take away that shame from it and take away that ownership internally and make it more tangible to work through not on a personal attack of the self. Thinking about the way that you word things or thinking about when you're modeling that you're not um, putting shame on yourself either because they will pick up on that. And one more thing I wanted to note before ending this episode is about consequence. A lot of times consequences come from anger or emotional just response and it's well, you're not going to get this, or you are losing your tablet for the rest of the day. I know I'm guilty of that. But taking the time to learn more about natural consequence and how you can utilize that in these moments where chaos has happened. And so for me, um, one of the things that I do is, so Victoria or Ellie has had a meltdown it has lasted, let's say, seven or eight minutes. Rather than take something away from them, I try to go with the approach of, if I originally had planned that we, let's say, had 15 minutes and that meltdown just took away half that time because it took about seven minutes, then I know I only have eight minutes left. And let's say we were going to go on a walk. So rather than a 15-minute walk, I now know to continue on with our plans for the day or whatever the case may be. We only have eight minutes left, so I'm going to have to cut that walk. The kids don't necessarily need to know that they're quote-unquote losing out on more time of their walk, but I still want them to be aware of when we are upset and when we are taking longer to calm down, or even if we're just taking a normal amount of time to calm down, that's fine. But I want them to be aware of the time it takes them to regulate themselves and where that's fitting into our day, right? I might say something like, we're only going to have time to walk around the block one time, so do you want to go up this way or down this way? They're still getting choice in their walk, and I have cut the walk that I had intended to make, but I'm not doing it in a shameful way. So it's not going to be like, well, we can only go on an eight minute walk now because you decided to waste seven of your minutes to have a meltdown. So now we only get to go around the block one time. It's not done in that way. I'm doing it with, since we only have eight minutes left, which way do we want to go? We're going to be able to go around one time. Another example, like Victoria really likes to play Mario Kart. And so normally before bed, she might have time for four races. And let's just say that she wasn't finishing her dinner. And so she is taking longer to finish her dinner, which means we are going to be cleaning up later and we're not able to push bedtime back at all today. She's only going to be able to do two races tonight. And so that might look like us letting her know, hey, Victoria, we are going to have time for two races tonight. Would you like to pick this track and this track or this track? So again, giving her choice in the available time, still allowing the normal natural rhythm to happen, but it may need to be adjusted because the regulation of the emotions took priority and that's okay. And I think it's really important to note that I have found giving them this time and space to regulate on for themselves 
and see how it fits into their daily rhythms and routines is so important because as they get older, like they can take responsibility for their needs and they can prioritize and manage their time better than we can as adults. I'm confident that that is how this next generation of children who are learning these things day in and day out are going to be so much better because I never learned how to calm myself down. And so I would be angry for hours and sure, maybe I would get things done. But if I had just let it all out for 10 minutes, I feel like I would have been in a better place, right? Um, So if you are anything like I am and you're finding these new things about yourself as well, it's okay. Don't shame yourself. I think it's so cool that I feel like I get to relearn and be curious about my own behaviors while I'm being curious about my kids. And a lot of times as I'm teaching them, I'm teaching myself. Thinking through all of the strategies that I gave you today of getting down on their level and giving them space and time to regulate their emotions and finding ways to model apologizing and model strategies that you use. I mean, it's literally teaching yourself. It's creating a calm environment for you. And in turn, they are learning what I'm learning at 31, at three and not even three, two and a half and five years old. Like, wow, I am so honored and blessed and empowered that what I'm learning at 31 for myself, I get to teach to my kids. They're going to have this mastered by the time they're eight. They're going to be running around in circles around me like doing breathing exercises and I'm going to still be learning with them. (laughs) I just think it's such a cool, this is such a cool time to be a parent because I feel like especially if you identify as a millennial mama like I do, it's just such a cool time because I feel like I'm parenting myself. I'm parenting the inside little girl who never had the space to cry or get angry without getting in trouble. And not only am I letting her out and letting her feel her emotions, but she's helping my kids at her age do the same thing. And, oh, okay, I'm not going to get in my feels, and I did not intend for this episode to be this long. (laughs) But I'm going to encourage you to get down on their level, model some some I'm sorry's. If you wanted to know what the baby sign is, you close your fingers, you, you get a little fist, and you put it on your chest, and you rub it in a circle. That's how you say I'm sorry in sign language. If you are not already doing these things, I'm going to encourage you to start doing them. And if you don't know where to start, I'm going to encourage you to come to the free Happy Vibes Mama community on Facebook or honestly, come join us in the village. We're going to be opening the doors at the end of next month and I'm so excited. So if you have not thought about joining the village, I would love it if you could slide into my DMs 
and let's chat because let me tell you what, I am not a pushy salesperson. If it's not a good fit for you, I'm not going to tell you to join. I don't want your money if you're not going to gain some value from it. But if it might be a place that you want to hang out and get more time with me and really get these strategies going and into practice and have me model it for your kids because we're going to be doing some kid time too, um, slide into my DMs. Let's chat. If you would like to text me instead of finding me on social media, you can text the word village, V-I-L-L-A-G-E, to 570-669-3383. It's my business line, and I will text you back directly, and we can chat. See if it's a good fit for you. And if not, we'll catch you back here next week on the Happy Vibes Mama podcast. Have a great week, Mama! Mommy. 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 (laughs) Well, that's my cue (laughs) and probably yours too. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Happy Vibes Mama podcast. I hope you know how excited I am to be connecting with you on this podcast. Remember, I've got your back always. I hope this episode hit you in your feels or got the energy flowing so that you can make it until bedtime tonight. So please, if you love this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you shared it with your friends. Because after all, every mama needs her village. So go ahead and share it on social media and tag me. And yes, go do it right now so that you don't forget. I'm so excited to be on this motherhood journey with you, mama. Chat with you soon. Bye.